0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. But um, I was telling BP that if at any point during the evening, I complain of a heart attack to remind me that I'm not having a heart attack.
1: (laughs) I don't really recall that. Was that on Sunday night?
0: Uh, No, it was at dinner. It was a,
1: oh, when we were at the night before the actual night we were celebrating. Yeah,
0: so a couple years ago, I got diagnosed with this like I don't know. This is like viral infection or something. It's basically the same shit that causes the cold sore that I get, the um, the Epstein Barr that I got tested positive for. What's
1: Epstein Barr? It's mono. Oh, mono.
0: And it's basically can be traced to the Bell's palsy. It's just some type of virus.
1: Well, yeah, I remember when I had Bell's palsy, they said it was probably some, they weren't even, like, there's so much uncertainty on Bell's palsy, they theorize that maybe it's a virus. Yeah,
0: so the the best guess is it's all this connected virus that um, comes with stress. And if you think about it, all three of those things are always um, exacerbated by stress. So I went to the hospital one time. Oh, uh, You haven't been running around kissing anyone? <laughs> That's the one thing I can rule <laughs> off, rule. Yeah, I can I check know. off my list. Um, but I went to the doctor a couple years ago because I thought um, I had the flu because I had like the debilitating aches and pains and it was brutal. Uh-oh. And he was like, "Nope, listen, it's just the virus. It's going to run its course." Just the virus. And every once in a while, every you know, eight months, year or so. I get, like, this killer stiffness in my back and my neck. Well, this time, it started um, to to present itself in my chest. So, it took me a while. It took me a day or two. I thought I was having a heart attack, but then I realized... Remember a couple episodes ago? I was like, I think I'm having yeah. a heart attack? And yeah. That's when it started. Um, but it's not. It's just this, it's just this viral thing. But it's a pain in the ass, because it's, it's really, like... I don't want to say it's really painful, but it's like it's like having a killer, killer stiff neck all the time. But now that it's Damn. in my chest, so when we were in Boston, I didn't want to tell Reardon because he'd be like, "Dude, you got to go to the hospital. You got to go to the hospital." Yeah, of course. And I didn't want to tell Mike Peters because he'd be like, "Quit being a pussy." <laughs> but I told Brian. And
1: would have added more to it, especially after all the fucking hijinks with Carla that Oh, night. exactly.
0: Exactly. So I just said yeah. to BP, I said, hey, listen, man, if I complain about having a heart attack, just remind me, you're not having a heart attack. Have another vodka grapefruit. You'll <sighs> be fine. And that the rest <laughs> of that weekend, I felt great. And then I went down to my sister's, and I felt great. And then um, driving back on Sunday, I started to like feel like the... You know, like the tightness start to creep in. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. It's totally stress-related. And I'm running myself ragged, but I got no choice. You know, I'm trying to kind of balance it. But, I don't know, self-perpetuating, you know? Yeah. You don't make enough money, so you got to work more. You got to work more. Well, you get more stressed. and You get more stressed. Yeah, I hear you.
1: You got to pay the bills. I
0: hear you. Um, So... Whatever, I'm going to try to soldier through, uh, because it's been a while since we podcasted and there's a lot of shit that we got to talk about. Yep. Are you up up for it? Yeah, I'm up. Carry me? Carry me if you need to? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) All right, well then, let's get going. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders.
1: And I'm your good buddy, Liv.
0: And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 99, the saddest
1: edition. This is the, you're not dying, Sanders, you just don't have anything better to do edition. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you what, man, this is not a positive, the power of positivity prevails edition. That's for sure, because I there's about a million things I want to bitch about right now.
1: Well, we probably can't fit all a million in. <laughs> Three hundred
0: and seventy-two things that I want to bitch about.
1: Well, we can at least get maybe thirty-seven. Shit that, like, whatever, man. I shouldn't even shouldn't
0: even let it bother me. Let alone vocally bitch about it. You know, just such as just name it, man, name it. Um, but um, I'm in a sour mood.
1: The presidential election. <laughs> a little bit, yes. <laughs> A little bit, yes.
0: I voted, yeah. um, not so much the presidential election, but I voted in my local <laughs> school board elections here okay. in Asbury Park
1: uh, yesterday,
0: and all my candidates lost.
1: I went and did early voting before I headed up to Boston because the election was actually a knife. They just had a couple of tax issues, and I think they both failed, which is all right in my book. Yeah. Did uh- I mean, even though I think I might have voted for him, I don't know if both, one of them definitely failed because one was the bigger deal, (laughs) you know. Hey, speaking of, and
0: this is going to be putting the cart before the horse um, and definitely burying the lead, but how do you you feel about uh, Vice President Joe Biden always claiming that (laughs) Syracuse is his alma mater?
1: Yeah, since he went there just for law school. Yeah,
0: like, we're both law school grads. I find that weird,
1: didn't he? Where'd he go, like, Delaware or something? Where'd he go for undergrad? That's a good
0: question. I'd assume Delaware, because he's from Delaware, but that I, don't, I have yeah. no proof that that's the truth.
1: But yeah, I have no clue what it is. I'm just presupposing Spitball. It is, <laughs> we're
0: spitballing here, folks.
1: Yes. <laughs> but I did see him, like, yesterday. there's a tweet about his alma mater. You know, and then he was in the fucking locker room after the... After we lost the Final Four game. It, yeah, I'm sure you saw that, huh?
0: Um, I did. Yes.
1: That was the first. He gave a little speech and he's talking to Trevor Cooney because Cooney's from Delaware. That was the first like time. He's mentioning knowing Cooney's grandfather or whatever.
0: Yeah, the first time that it really bothered me enough to mention it to somebody. And they blew me was off. When,
1: was that yeah. when he was in the. Um... Yeah, he's
0: done it before. Wait. He's, he's done it before. M- Mike Vincent blew you off? Um.
1: Wait, say that again? What did I say? Was it Roscoe who blew you off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's something he doesn't hate? No, no,
0: no. <laughs> Which is funny. I'm going to see if I can track him down later this evening. Um, and maybe maybe we'll introduce a new segment this week, uh, as we're, we're apt to do every once in a while. But, um, yeah, I've heard him do it before, but it never really bothered me. And then during the Final Four, I was like, hey, man, doesn't that bug you? And he's like, nah, it's cool. It
1: doesn't bother me but I mean, it doesn't bother me. That's what bothered me more was when he called it his alma mater yesterday. Yeah. Cause it yeah, was yeah, always yeah. understood that like, yeah, he went there for law school, but, um, yeah, he, he's got a BA from the university of Delaware, but claiming it as your alma mater, I don't claim Loyola as my alma mater. Yeah. That's where I went to law
0: exactly. school. Exactly. When somebody says, well, you never go up to somebody and go, Hey, what's your alma mater? I mean, you go, where'd you go to school? And I always say Syracuse. Yeah. And I, basically stop the conversation there unless they say, where'd you go to law school? Yep. Because that's how I identify. I self-identify as an orangeman.
1: Shit's gone down, Asbury Park. Oh, man. yeah. I hear those sirens in the background. Win- Windows
0: are open, so for the next, I would probably say... I figure
1: you got pleasant weather
0: up there. 18 huh? episodes or so, give or take. You know, we do about three a week. Uh, for the next 18 episodes, you will, you will hear the sights and sounds of of urban asbury park the city by the sea
1: yeah and you know it's funny like um i was talking to jordan once and i you know like jacob and jared uh the two other guys i used to work with well i still work with jared but jacob now has broken off they both went uh they were double lsu guys you know lsu undergrad lsu law school and i was talking to jordan once about it. jacob was pitching me about how lsu tiger stadium like uh the law students seats used to be a certain place in the stadium then they jacked them over you know because they always are jacking the students over moving them over at tiger stadium so they can get more um expensively priced customers into the stadium right you know and and uh and he was like, "Well, fuck the." Jordan was like, "Fuck the law students. They don't really count. They didn't. They're not. They're not the students." I was like, "Well, these guys are double." He's like, "He's like, yeah, yeah. I understand that, but you know, that's how he views the law students at LSU. You know, and and he went to Loyola with me. You know, we all claim the undergrad school is your school. You know, it's true. Like I don't look at the law students. Like if I went to a." major school for law school, I wouldn't have thought that's the same, you know? And while I was at Syracuse, I wouldn't have thought, oh, these law students are the same as us. No, they're people that went elsewhere where they had their formative college years, you You know? know, it's
0: funny because Thursday of of senior year, both first and second semester, um, I'd go and I'd hang out at the bar... I don't know. After like an eleven thirty class or something, and I'd meet a bunch of people for lunch, like random dudes who um, we didn't hang out with often. A couple guys might have worked at Fagans. A couple guys we, you know, I knew from class or whatever. Uh, Eric the Runner was was in that group. Eric Levero, yes. So that that quality, that class of individual, you know. Um, yeah, that class. So we would sit and we'd have, you know, a bunch of drinks and it would go on probably till 11 o'clock at night. So it was a 12 hour bender. But probably 3 o'clock or so on Thursday, a bunch of law students would come in. It would saunter in and, and post up by the, um, oh, I don't remember what they call the positions at the bar, but you know, the part of the bar right by the new side? Yeah, Not yeah. Not service, yeah. but. But whatever they call that little part of the area of the bar, and they would post up there like they were you know like with they were the cat's meow and and
1: you talking about like Eric the runner no I no guess? no no law students oh the law
0: students. so I'd be hanging with with Eric the runner and and bear and uh Eric the runner. and a bunch of other guys, and these law students would come in you know and kind of make themselves home, which I guess you know. I, I guess yeah. they're they're living there. They want to make themselves home, but it was, I, and you know, once I went to law school, I got a better appreciation for what tools these guys were. Yeah, because yeah. you know, ninety percent of the people that you engage in, you know, some type of relationship in with law school in law school, you realize that. Anna, they probably didn't really enjoy their undergraduate experience as much as we did. That was from my perception, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, because you got a lot of people like the gunner types. What's that? The gunners, yeah, like in law school, the high achievers. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. The, the
1: gunners, the ones always raising the hands. So there's people that was like, you know come into law school with a friggin' 3.8 undergrad GPA you know like it's I don't know yeah so by third year law school I assume that's what you're talking exactly about, those type of people. exactly
0: so by third year law school they're you know they've kind of they've kind of coasted they're 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 ready to be done and third year law school is kind of a joke anyway
1: yeah it's it's a waste the whole of law school is a waste of money and time to be honest with you it's nothing they they couldn't teach you to do through an apprenticeship which would be which is what being a new lawyer even a lawyer as i am today friggin six years out it's the same shit you know right right like it's stupid nothing i and all that law school taught you was how to pass the bar and all that the bar was was Proving that you went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> so true. Like it's it's so stupid. So true, you know?
0: So true. But so that's you know that's my perception <laughs> of the law student. And and when Joe Biden claims Syracuse as his alma mater, it just bugs me. It feels like it's robbing me of a little bit of my identity, a little bit of my experience. You know.
1: Yeah, fuck you. Go friggin' rest your laurels on your friggin' mid-major friggin' college and maybe some friggin' Division 1 AA football championships. Exactly. Because I know that's what Delaware's good at. Right, right. Go friggin' rub shoulders with Joe Flacco. Right.
0: (laughs) Or uh, Della Donna. What's her name?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That one that was the the star a few years ago?
0: Yeah, she um, she went to UConn. And then transferred uh, yeah, Elena Deladana.
1: Yeah, she was from Delaware, and she, but she didn't want to. So they were good for a couple of years because of her. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, take that, Joe Biden.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was a freshman. Yeah, you know, I lived in BB, and yeah, you, know, you go to Brockway Dining Hall, and you know, law school is right near there. Yeah. You know, like it was up those hamster steps right there you oh, know you're
0: right i didn't realize it was that close i had a couple of classes in there that's where the uh infamous lawrence thomas um confrontation occurred
1: oh you you had a, you had classes in the i never had it
0: oh i did it was great i loved it because it was brand new at the time and
1: yeah yeah i remember the law school was fancy and new
0: yeah so go ahead
1: but um but they had these, and they were always weird, because we were freshmen, and they had these two law students, and sometimes they might have been with their girlfriends or whatever, but they lived right near there, but they had, like, a a meal plan or something for Brockway, and they were, you know, because they were both, like, jacked-up, bodybuilding type of dudes, and I think that's why they got the meal plan, you know, because those type of dudes are always taking in, like, 10,000 calories a day. <laughs> And I remember it was just such a weird thing because you'd see them in there and they'd be discussing all their law stuff. And it was like they were so much older than us, even though they might have only been 23 at the time. When you're an 18 year old kid fresh out of high school, those dudes look like they're
0: ancient. Yeah, absolutely. Compared to you. Absolutely. And I'm
1: sure we looked like babies compared to them. Yeah. You know? And I remember always thinking it's so weird. It's like, who are these dudes? It's just <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they're law students. It's like, really? And they. They come and hang out with Brockway. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, yeah. They were both jacked. I think that's why they had the the friggin' meal plan, because you go in there and you get, like, you know, you could load up and friggin' all kinds of shit in there.
0: Right. Carbo load, carbo load before contracts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember that's what I thought was so weird about them. They were both, like, friggin' all, like, muscular and nerdy looking on top of it. Uh, that's you know? the worst
0: combination.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they had glasses. <laughs> I remember one of them distinctly. He had blonde hair, he wore glasses. He was always all jacked up, talking all smart about the law. <laughs> did <laughs> did, it, did their girlfriends go in with them? Like, well, who were their girlfriends? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Sometimes I think they might have girlfriends with them. I mean, it's odd, but usually it was the two guys sitting there and they were probably preparing for class and stuff because they'd always have the books out, too, you know? Right. I was like, this is weird. Do you, this? Really? People come to law school and they get a meal plan? You know, they would only, you
0: know? It's really funny because when I went to... But uh, right, right before I enrolled as a freshman, um, the, I don't know, like housekeeping or something one of the departments sends this um sends you like a list of things that you can have and one of yeah. them was sh- uh like laundry service for your sheets yeah yeah and my mom's a real big like at the time she was like almost OCD caliber in terms of cleanliness especially of sheets like she would change she, you know as kids she would change our sheets like every 3 days yep so when i was going away to college her biggest fear was that i would sleep on sheets for you know for 9 months and she insisted that i get the the uh the what's it called Laundry service.
1: Yeah, my mom did the same thing. You had to go to a little locker in the basement. Right. It was such a waste of time. And I was the only guy. And I never did it. Either did I. And I was the only guy.
0: I would have probably changed my sheets more often if I had a couple pairs of sheets. But these were fit. They weren't fitted. I had to learn how to do hospital corners. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible. I had to remember what day to go down. And like, I felt like a loser because. I had to get laundry service on my sheets, but nobody knew about it. Only I knew about it, but I still felt like a loser.
1: Yeah, me too. I hate it. I
0: can only imagine what it was like to be a law student eating at Brockway Hall, Brewster Bowen Freshman
1: Yeah, Dining I don't Hall. know if maybe because you're so much older than everybody, you're not even thinking about it, you know? Like, you're like, I didn't go to school here. Fuck it. What do I care?
0: You know? Yeah, maybe. Although, I don't think i can recall one day in my entire life that i'm like fuck it i don't care what these people think
1: (laughs) yeah but i know it's a lot different when you're i mean i remember being a law student of course i was 30 at the time you know and gone down to the main campus and stuff and even like studying for the bar at the main campus library you know because the the law schools you know like uh Half mile away from the main campus down there, you
0: know. Oh, okay, okay. But
1: the main campus is way nicer. Like they had a really nice library, so I went there to stay for the bar. But it's like I really didn't think anything. I because I was so much older than those kids, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe I would have felt the same way at twenty three or twenty four.
0: But Catholic was was similar to Syracuse in the sense that the law school is right on campus. Um, yeah. but the way that you would access. The law school meant you didn't have to actually go on or at least the way I accessed it because I came from the subway um, they had an entrance that faced that didn't face the quad it faced the outer part of the um, of the campus one of the external okay. roads. So, I would just walk in and out of the main door, and it was beautiful. It was brand new. It was one of the reasons I went there. It was brand new. It had a brand new library. So, there was never a reason to go onto campus, um, because all the other campus buildings were were old. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, the only time that I had to go to... See, I was just studying for the bar, because a lot of us were studying in the main campus library, because you could get these rooms. It was way nicer than the law library, you know, plus it's like by the time that point you don't want to be hanging out in the law library anymore (laughs) doing that shit, you know right right um you know it was opened a lot later during the summer and everything too but uh like other than that the only time you would go there would be like during the school year when when you'd have to get books you know okay so once a semester you go there and actually was kind of nice in those days you know because be like, oh, all right. We're actually gonna go get to the main campus, and you, you know, see all the good-looking young girls. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so isolated when you're at law school, just a half half mile down the road, you know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I'll tell you the truth. I can't. I don't know what Catholics undergrad population is. I couldn't tell you. You know, are they? Is it a bunch of Irish Catholic chicks? Is it? You know, a yeah. bunch of good-looking upper-class broads. Um, I know a, cu- a couple, of the ch- the, uh, couple of my classmates um, went there as undergrads. Yeah. which Yeah, a kid I graduated from high
1: school with went there and played football. There,
0: yeah, they had a pretty good football team. I think um, while I was there, they had a guy who, who went pro. Um, okay. Or he was the all-time leading Division three receiver, something along those lines. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's pretty nondescript. Yeah. They have the... Loyola
1: has a lot of, uh, they have a lot of kids from Central and South America there. Okay. Lots of, uh, lots of, I guess, wealthy kids, you know, like kids that, whose parents can send them up to school in America, but it's always been a popular school with those kids. I mean, that's, that's not the only kids, but I'm saying they do have a decent percentage of international you know kids you know i'm sure catholic university probably has the same you know being that's in dc and that's a catholic school yep i mean loyola because it's catholic and where its location is very convenient i think had a lot to do with having those all those international students from down there you know right but i other than that i mean i think I mean, I guess they get a lot of kids from all over the country now. It's a popular school with that, but it used to just be like a local school, like thirty years ago, you know. I think CBA would have a couple, um, couple kids every year who would head down there. Yeah.
0: You know, like uh, middle of the class, but had you know pretty decent money and could afford to. Yeah. yeah. To go far. Yeah, cause I,
1: I, yeah, like because I know kids that went there, you know. People that are here now that came from other places to go there, but I don't, I don't think it was that way so much like 40 years ago. You know, that's a, been like a transformation. Okay. You know, because even the law school used to be just like a local school. You know, like 35 years ago, you know, there probably weren't that many common law kids because that's how they break it up. Because Louisiana has civil law, so you have the civil law section and the common law section.
0: Oh, okay
1: because you know there's lots of there's lots of classes that everybody needs to take you know torts and stuff like that But like as far as like property classes and successions and all that stuff you know if you're in the civil law track you take the civil law property civil law successions donations civil law classes if you're common law you're taking trust in estates and uh you know common law property all the other stuff. But now I think there's more common law students than civil law students because that's what pays the bills. All the kids come from out of state to get a law degree. you know. Right. That
0: makes sense. I never thought about that. I know the, I, I, I'm I mostly from you, but even during my time at law school, um, you know, they cover the distinction between the two and always point out
1: yeah.
0: that, you know, Louisiana has its roots in the, in one system over the other but i never really thought that you have to make that distinction when you're choosing your courses
1: (laughs) well they they put you on the track anyway because you know first year now first year is your courses are all chosen for you right right you know but you can later on like you know i think you start being able to pick like I mean, there's certain, you know, you know how it goes. Next year, there's still classes that you have to take, but you also are able to take electives at that point. So they do have kids, you know, it works both ways. You can go take the classes to get the common law certificate or the civil law certificate from the other way. And I think you would have to take like, you'd have to take the property class and maybe one or two other classes, you know? Right. But I I never did that because I was like, it didn't matter to me. I was like, why do I need a common law certificate? I knew I was staying here, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the the thing that sucks as far as the legal market goes, all these kids that come to school here, and they're all in the common law program, and then they decide to stay here, you know? Right. It's like, you didn't come here to be a Louisiana lawyer, and now you're staying and where you have to compete with you for jobs. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) i mean it really does it's bullshit yeah yeah it's like go back to where you came from man we don't want you right right (laughs) Uh,
0: screw uh, you and the horse you rode in on
1: yep yep but some of them are cool you know but still and then they got kids that come around the state that never even been here before and they decide they're gonna stay in civil law because they got this whole romantic idea that they wanna live in New Orleans for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I mean, they do have a lot of kids like that, you know? It's like, wait, you've never been here before? Like, no, but I'll, especially when I was there, you know, because you get all these people who are inspired by it to come do some good and post Katrina in New Orleans.
0: Right. All right.
1: Yes. I'm gonna do some good and go and sue people or in or or defend insurance companies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's something when um on Saturday night uh, when after we left Kowloon, you know, Drew, Sean and I went and took the uh the tea into Boston. Right. Where everybody else took Ubers. <laughs> um so uh I was I was talking to them about i I was reminded i was thinking of my experience when i was in boston i worked in the mailroom at that law firm there and how i still see it now you know especially since i'm a plaintiff's attorney even though i'm not some kind of like left winger or whatever but it always kills me for all these like liberal and hippie dudes and all this oh peace and love and then oh what's your job oh insurance defense <laughs> 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 oh yeah you're such a hardcore man you know down with the man you work defending the fucking man right you know right there's people always kill me and like there was this old lawyer when um he was a big partner at that law firm i worked at in boston and i remember you go in his office he had all these dead posters and and all this stuff and like uh there was like one of these old like exploitation you know there's um weed scare movies and it was like the, the demon weed you know framed in his office <laughs> you know but he actually had to walk in his office to see that one because he had it like on the inside so that people just couldn't see it from outside but he was like this huge corporate lawyer and stuff and i was just like dude come on man <laughs> <You know? laughs> So what do you? It's just if I see it all as hypocritical, you know. Yeah.
0: So what do you think? Do you think that he was like the definition of hypocrisy, or he was kind of leaning on that shit to like prove, oh hey man, I'm not that bad. Look at me, I'm cool. I'm not a square.
1: No, because I think I think most of the hippies were uh, are hypocritical yuppies, you know. Okay. Uh, It reminds me of my my favorite Pinky and the Brain episode ever when um, brain cracks this plan to uh, to get this thing
0: hey wait like they're gonna I'm sorry was
1: I telling you about this in no, no
0: no no no. but I tried to send you a message on the slide to let you know that you're getting a little mumbling in your mic there so uh okay. I didn't want to interrupt your 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 flow you you're just you're All right. waxing well, I'm holding
1: poetic it up now we... oh
0: you're so much better so much better so sorry about that All go right. ahead
1: all right. Well, I forgot where I am now. You're not You're
0: pinky and but, the uh, brain episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so they're doing like this hands across the world type of thing or something. You know, similar to that hands across America. You remember that when we were kids? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> so it was supposed to be some event like that. And what Brian was gonna do, he was gonna send some type of signal that would connect through radio waves off of all the wire of all the braces of all the kids' uh, <laughs> braces that were in the hands across the the world thing or whatever it was. Okay. And then they would, they would. <laughs> become his minions do his bidding and help him take over the world (laughs) and pinky's like how are you so sure they're all gonna have braces he's like all hippies have braces hippies are the spoiled children of the middle class (laughs) (laughs) when uh, when
0: was pinky in the brain popular when did that come out
1: like the early 90s, I think.
0: So early 90s. Okay. Yeah. So, Are you looking it up now? No, 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 no. I'm just, because I'm trying to figure out, like, why didn't I connect with Pinky and the Brain? I didn't connect with the Animaniacs either.
1: Yeah. What Was that the same time period? Yeah, it was around the same time period. So. I, I've always been a bigger animation guy, though. Like, just like Brian bitching that night on sunday you remember about how we had to watch all the cartoons yeah 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 i don't know what the hell else you went to watch <laughs> the best shit there is on tv of course i cut the cord you know but even when i had 100 channels that was the best stuff on tv was friggin simpsons and that stuff on a sunday night right um i mean there ain't that much going on sunday night
0: well i'm sure at this point fredo knows that we went up to boston to celebrate uh the birthday of brian Charles Shh, Peters. Don't tell
1: Fredo. <laughs>
0: but um, that's the second time we've mentioned our trip, so we might as well we might as well introduce it properly. Um, yeah. So you showed up to Boston. This is like the worst surprise party that's ever been planned in the history of surprise parties. It was a surprise well, party without a-, a surprise.
1: Yeah, because apparently, uh, as Carlos said, the dinner never was a surprise. I'm like, really? I was like, Kim going to Kowloon wasn't a surprise, but who was going to be there was supposed to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't. It was posed to me as a, as a surprise. Like, full out, walk in, jump out behind the planners and yell surprise. Well,
1: I didn't bro. even think that. Like, my view of how it was going to be once we got to the restaurant was going to be, he was going to show up and we were all going to be there. Or not we like y'all because i would have already been there right right you know right but i think she had already blown that i guess you know? yeah
0: i mean he still seemed to have a pretty good time and and
1: oh he would have had a great time regardless
0: i, I had a blast still. but um you know the weeks leading up to that because i had forgotten all about it she sent out a uh save the date to me via text like months and had months in advance and you had brought it up to me to say, Hey, listen, you know, Carlos planning this deal. It had been in my calendar for a long time, but I totally forgot about it. And, um, uh, until like the last, uh, you know, few weeks when you were, you know, kind of planning your, your trip and, 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 talking through the details and whatnot. Um, yeah. So in my mind, it was always a, you know, a big surprise party, a gala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Soaps, I went to Soaps a couple months ago, and that was a jump out behind the planters. Well, surprise. yeah,
1: that's what you're going to do if you're going to have it someplace. Like, you know, I guess if we would have been renting out a wing of Kowloon, it could have been like that. But, I mean, I knew it was going to be like that once, you know, because in January when we had talked, she was like, oh, because when, we, when she first brought up, she's the one that brought it up. Right. You know, it was like in December or something. She was all about having, like, the traditional surprise party like that. Okay. Where it's either at a house or a space or something, you know? Right. You know? So I knew it wasn't going to be like that. And I knew Kowloon wasn't a surprise. But what I thought it was going to be was, okay, let's go to Kowloon. And we get there, and all of a sudden, oh, there's a table with 15 other people. You know, and she's like, "Well,
0: that never was a surprise." Yeah. I don't know. I'll man. tell you what wasn't a surprise was how delicious the lobster sauce was because it was exactly how I remembered <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I don't care. I I have these romantic notions about myself that that sometimes I play in my head. Like, I always I always like to think that I'm not a complainer. Like, I'm a pussy, but I'm not a complainer, you know? And I also like to think that I don't have a lot of distinct preferences. I'll eat almost anything. I'll go anywhere. Like, there's very few things in my mind that have, like, the nostalgia that, that, like, Reardon associates with shit. You know? Uh, ke- what do you like mean, Kelly's roast? Kelly's roast beef. Uh, there's only one roast uh, beef. It's Kelly's roast beef. You know, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, the Kowloon, That's that's where you go to eat the, you know, the Chinese food. I don't know when Reardon the Chinese did, food. I don't, I don't,
1: <laughs> the Chinese food. I don't. The kids smoking the pot and eating the Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I
0: don't know when Reardon, you know, became a old time uh, wily gangster, but apparently somewhere along the line he did.
1: He's been preparing to be an old man his whole life. <laughs> uh,
0: but the the ride up, all I could think about was the lobster sauce at the Kowloon. Because in New Jersey, they don't really have sit-down Chinese restaurants.
1: That's what you would tell me, yeah.
0: Now, uh, if you wanted to go and have something close to Chinese food, you go to hibachi. That's a a sit-down experience.
1: Like a Benihana yep, type of place? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. That's technically Japanese.
0: Okay. So there you go. So we don't even have, like, that in my that mind. That blows
1: me away. You figure New Jersey would have, like, some... You figure they'd have, like, a Kowloon type of no, place in New not, Jersey. No, not even now. close. If... Like somewhere like in the suburbs, you know, like in one of the older suburban areas. No, you
0: know? it would go. They would. That's where they would put like a hibachi or something. Um, yeah. What's the big chain uh, Chinese food restaurant? Um, oh,
1: P, F. P. Chang? F Chang.
0: That's like what you might get.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: Kowloon is is unbelievable.
1: Kowloon's it's, it's like of out. Of, shit, that's uh, it's out of a movie. Well, it's it's out of time. That's what it really is. Because that used to be, like, that's thing's a dinosaur. That's the type of thing that was a common thing in the 60s. Okay. I mean, like, I think Mike said it opened in 1950 or something, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that does make sense. I think you can get that type of local flavor
0: in Jersey, like, but it comes in the form of maybe like a hot dog stand or a diner. Boston's yeah. a lot grander in, in their in their relics, you know because there 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 are people that love to hang on to their to their past, you know, yeah, for better or for worse, well whether they're whether they're they're relishing it or they're bemoaning it they you know they love the years gone by, days gone by,
1: yeah, I mean that's the way New Orleans is the whole ain't there no more type of thing, people sit there and lament all the businesses that have shut down, yeah,
0: yeah, what um like what what's uniquely i mean so much is uniquely new orleans but like when i think of of you like putting yourself in that kind of mike reardon mindset. It's like <laughs> snowball. That's the thing that comes to mind. Like you're going out to get a snowball. Like, you know,
1: yeah, snowball is a
0: quintessential type. Of if thing. you were gone for a you long know? time and landed in new Orleans, maybe like one of your first stops on the way home would be, Hey, let's swing by so-and-so snowball stand.
1: Yeah. I mean, I might go to Sal's cause that one's down the road from where I grew up, you know, and it's, it's open the latest and it's the one i've been gone to my whole life and it's always convenient it's never like you don't have to sit in a 40 met line ever to get one you know it's that's where i'd probably go south
0: yeah see when reardon was was down in curacao and he'd go home you know he'd talk about i want to land uh after i land we're going to go to revere we'll get a kelly's roast beef um then we'll go home we we'll am gonna take a nap and then i'm gonna go to Kowloon
1: okay yeah I mean that's
0: his place yeah I get that and it was the first time when I was living up there with Sean and Mike was down in Curacao and you know I'd go over the Reardon's and, and you know that's kind of when I really got close with like um, you know Mr. and Mrs. Reardon and, and I became friendly with Kristen and she had the two little kids at that point uh, I don't think she was married I think she was um, just dating Jay but he had you know his two little kids yeah um, they would they would go to dinner and invite me to to kowloon and i'd never seen anything like it before and they're like hey do you want some lobster sauce and i was like sure (laughs) and i fell in love so much so that i came home to jersey and was so excited to introduce lobster sauce to everybody and you know ordered a bunch of it went to pick it up at the chinese food place brought it home and it was like the total opposite yeah, had no yeah, lobster, yeah. it was slimy, it was gross, a lot of cabbage. I don't know what the fuck gross. was in it, but um, I was so disappointed.
1: I don't even know what the fuck was in the lobster sauce we ate at Color. You
0: know, it's gotta be some, like it's obviously, it's pieces of chunks of, small chunks of lobster.
1: I wasn't even sure what it was, I mean, I know it was lobster sauce, but I was totally expecting something else. It
0: was, it...
1: I wasn't expecting the brown sauce that it yeah, was, you know what I'm right. saying? Right, so it's gotta be some... Because you don't think of brown when you think of lobster stuff.
0: Right. I'm guessing it's some type of like corn starchy reduction because it's real thick and like it's real salty.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was good, but it was... I mean, I know you were... I know you're all about it because you were talking a lot about it leading up to (laughs) and the brief two hours that you were there before we got to Kalu. And and I don't
0: know if you saw the Reardon (laughs) brothers' reaction when they were like... Hey, what do you know? What do what are we gonna get around the table, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And uh, you know, I I innocently said lobster sauce, and Reardon gave a big chuckle. He's like, "Yes, of course, lobster <laughs>
1: sauce." <laughs> I'll tell you uh, a funny story about that night. I gotta give Reardon credit where credits due. You remember um, <laughs> when the whole thing came up, like about the guys that were opening up the. The the Phantom Gourmet guys, the Andlemans yes, or whatever. Yes, their names, like, yeah. They're opening up the, the drive in movie theater that does fucking poo poo platters whatever.
0: Right. Right. I can't first of all Which <laughs>
1: sounds ridiculous to me, the whole concept. What I, I can't happen? believe that's a concept. But uh you know, and their Mike's like that's a big fuck you to call <laughs>
0: Right. It's going right across the street and apparently <laughs> apparently that was where, uh, so Eddie Adelman is was like a big time Boston sport radio talk show host, and you know probably ate there as a celebrity, you know, and probably brought his kids there all the time. Yeah, That's so true, man. Big fuck you to the caloon
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I was joking about big fuck yous. You know what else is a big fuck you? And then Mike uh, Peters. Started talking about his, uh, his, his restaurant came up, you know, someone was asking about his restaurant. I was like, oh, uh, who's your, your new restaurant going to be a fuck you too. <laughs> and, uh, and Runa says, oh, to the diners. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. I was like, oh, that I got to give him credit there. That was a freaking good line. Yeah, I'll tell you
0: what, man. Rito, he was smooth as silk. Uh, he was smooth as silk that night. <laughs> it's
1: a shame he doesn't listen to the show because occasionally we say nice things about him. <laughs> but all you got to do is insult Boston once and you get that's, cut off. That's it. That's it.
0: He's, he doesn't have a very long leash.
1: Yep. Classic, classic Boston dude there. <laughs> You make one slight comment about it and it's, you're done. <laughs> uh, you can praise him 99 times, make one negative comment, you're done. <laughs> but uh, all
0: in all, man, a good time. I had a really, I had a blast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a great time.
0: I mean, at, at some point during that, during the weekend i'm sure brian thought that i was busting his balls uh, with the platitudes that i was giving him but um, really his the the dinner was great i thought that was like a yeah
1: you were saying everything was the best ever it really everything.
0: was maybe it was my mindset maybe i hadn't you know i hadn't had a break in a couple of weeks
1: um, yeah i think it was the
0: company and and especially the company but just the combination from one element to the next like dinner was great but not over the top then we went out in boston but it wasn't a killer night out, we, you know. We stayed up to three o'clock, maybe three thirty. By the time Duff left, but we were just shooting darts and shooting the and shit, yeah. you know. I hadn't, and I played
1: the best dart game of my life.
0: Unbelievable! You were like a rain man of darts.
1: Yeah, that's never happened before. It hasn't happened since. Primarily, hasn't happened since because I haven't played darts since. But, <laughs> and <laughs> good I chance since is going to be a long time since I never played darts. I like darts, and I consider myself a decent
0: dart player. I would say six out of every ten times I play, I'll win.
1: Okay. Well, I was surprised how terrible Duff and Mike Peters are. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know what? <laughs> Those two guys,
0: they got bigger fish to fry than throw darts at a board, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 they weren't. I guess they've but never still, been. I was surprised how inept they were.
0: They've never been the dude standing at the bar with nothing left to do but throw some darts.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not a guy that likes to hang out at and for darts. To be honest with you, right? Because, because I find it, you know, like a distraction from doing what I actually want to be out for. Right. You know.
0: Well, that's that was exactly my point. Is that?
1: Yeah, I know. I know. That's what you're saying. I'm just. Not successful as them, right, right. But like, um, but but yes, that's exactly the same thing I'm with. I don't want to, I don't want to throw fucking darts if I'm out, if I'm out, I'm out. I'm not there to throw fucking darts and play bar games. Right, I hate that shit. Uh, typically,
0: I do too. <laughs> There's a couple places though that uh, that it's kind of a staple. And anytime I'd go up to to Syracuse to visit, guy, and we'd end up like downtown during the day, we'd go into the limerick. Okay. And there's nothing in it. They don't even play music. It's like one of those kind yeah. of Irish bars. Um, yep. And there's a pool table and a dartboard. I suck at pool, so I always gravitate towards the dartboard. At least I can have fun doing that. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I
1: mean, if you're in a place where no one is and you're hanging out with a buddy, that's one thing. But, you know, like, if you're in a busy bar out, I'm not going to be playing games you know right. right yeah i mean i understand what you're talking about i mean you're going in a, a friggin empty bar that's playing no music you gotta do something to pass the time right you know i mean i guess it's also different you know if you're hanging out with these married people and stuff like that too yeah, I mean it's just like bar trivia You know, I fucking hate bar trivia.
0: (laughs) Wait, do you mean like the photo hunt? Or do you mean like go to a bar and play the trivia?
1: No, I'm talking about like the trivia games at the bar. The reason I hate it is the reason I hate all trivia games, basically. Because for one, there's always a huge over-reliance on me. (laughs) You know? And then another thing is, it takes like two hours to play bar trivia.
0: (laughs) You know? Wait, wait. I'm You've still confused. Are you talking th- about, like, Trivia Night, or... You've never seen a Trivia yeah, yeah, Night? Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: I'm not talking about Photo <laughs> talking about, man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> if I was talking about Photo Hunt, I would call it Photo Hunt, damn in it. In New
0: Jersey, <laughs> and I'm sure in other states as well, but apparently not in New Orleans, there's a digital trivia game
1: that... Yes, and that game's fine because it ends in 10 minutes. Well. The, the, the machine that has photo. No, and no, 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 no. Oh, NTN, the National yes. Media Network. They had that here 20 years ago, and it used to be in this one bar, and for a while it was popular, and then I didn't see it anymore. I thought that it just faded. I just figured that it no, faded No, you can away. still
0: find it at bars here.
1: All right, yeah, I used to play that when I go out. You know, because you get it at your table and I I right. play um, it. You know, that was like years and years <laughs> ago now. <laughs> I'm surprised that that's still yeah, a it's still thing. the
0: thing, man.
1: But yeah, they had a monitor yeah, up and, there. You
0: know, you could you got the quicker you answered it, the more points, but yeah. you could everybody could answer it correctly, etc.
1: I was talking about the uh, not that <laughs> trivia nights that are so common yes, at bars now. The hipster,
0: hipster trivia
1: night. Yeah, and it all takes way too long. And I mean, usually I've I've been to a few of these nights at certain other places, and generally we finish well. But it's like I just hate being stuck on something, you know? Yeah, you, know you can't get up, you can't move around, you can't. Can't fuck around with right. your phone, <laughs> 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 but it's like it's like really I'm stuck here for two hours, you know. It, and they break it up in rounds. So I'm like, why can't we just fucking do it and get out of the way? Just give me a fucking test and we'll end it. End it. <laughs> of course, after thirty minutes, everybody be gone, so they don't want to hmm. do that, you know. But it's like sometimes, you know, it's I'll do it occasionally, but. But I am never going to, they got people that show up to that shit every week. When I did it at the poorhouse, I ran a trivia night, you know, and it sucked because no one was coming, you know, so eventually I just started taking the Simpsons book and just, cause Robert was like, just make it Simpsons trivia. And these nerds would come and win every week cause they knew where I was taking the questions from. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't matter because there were only people showing up regularly. So fine if they win, right. fuck it.
0: Reward them for at least coming. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I was like, fine, they're coming in and spending money, give it to them. You know, I don't know. Plus, sometimes, you know, you go to these trivia nights, and at the end of the night, what's the award? $25 tab. Wow, I did all this shit for 25 bucks.
0: Right, I could have saved the 25 bucks and stayed home.
1: Yeah. I mean, for a, real briefly, for about three weeks, three or four weeks time it was, this is probably six years ago now. When my buddy was living in another part of town, he lived right across the street from, like, this little bar. And I think it was on Wednesdays they would do the trivia night. And their their prize, grand prize, was a $25 bar tab. So we went there the first week and we won it, you know. So next week we went and we opened up the bar tab, you know, or we drank the bar tab that night. And next week we won it again. So what we we did was next week when we went, we started a tab with the expectation that we were going to win trivia. <laughs> you know, and we did. So then we did that again, but then I never went back right. again, you know? Right. But it was like, at that point, it was like, all right, well, because I was like, I don't want to have to sit here and have to... I never come to this bar. I don't want to have to sit here after playing trivia and then drink my $25 <laughs> worth of beer.
0: I love you're such a tortured trivia soul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, oh, I used to, like, when, um... Hell, was that? Like when I was up in Syracuse, like that summer, I remember, like uh, after I graduated, you know, hanging out like with, or it might have even been 98, occasionally I would hang out with like Guy and Ben when they were living right. together, you know? And they'd be like, let's play Trivial Pursuit. We're like, okay. But then the game, not just with them, but other people we'd play with up there, it always, it would always, it wasn't about the other people winning the game as much as it was about, defeating me and seeing how long it could take to have me <laughs> win you know because i was always in the middle hub before anybody else even had all their pies right filled, you right. know and um and and you know they get to choose who get who what the subject is at that point and they would always choose science and nature because it's my weakest <laughs> subject you know, it's like, eventually I'm going to get one right. of them right. You know, I always want. Right. But it's like, shit's not fun when it's like that, you know?
0: Uh, that's great. It's
1: like, this isn't fun for me. The fact that it's me versus y'all. Yeah, it's awesome because I fucking kick all your asses, but it's still not fun. <laughs> you know? You don't know how hard it is being this smart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, really, here's what I, I mean, take from that, is you should ha- you should stop hanging around with a bunch of dummies.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, man. No, what feels good is when you go to a place full of a bunch of people who all think they're smart and doing better than them, like at the college jeopardy Right, trial. right. You know, when I was there and I was surrounded by all these kids who were all from Princeton and... Friggin' other ivy league schools and hoity-toity liberal arts colleges you know and and i remember sitting there before the test in that ballroom at the hilton i believe it was in new york city and i'd never been to new york city on my own as an adult until that time you know and then the night before i think the the yankees had won the world series the night before the first time since like was it 1978 or 198? Yep. whenever yep. it was, you know? And, uh... And, you know, I was just taking it, I, and I even went home relatively early, like 11 o'clock or midnight, right after the game, just so I could be rested and ready the next day, since the test was the next day. But, um... But, I mean, I stayed out for them to, to watch them win the win World Series, just because when the hell else are you going to be in that type of setting, you know? Uh... But I didn't go to time... Like, Steve and Shaggy, they were all hanging out down Times Square and all that stuff afterwards, where everybody was going nuts and climbing on light poles and all that shit, you know? But, But I was like, I gotta be home. I gotta wake up in the morning for this thing. But, so we're sitting there before... All these kids like, well, what would you do last night? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I stayed. I was studying, blah, blah, blah. And they like, what would you do? I was like, oh, I went out, man. I'm like, I'm in New York. And I was like, in the Yankees, won the World Series. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I remember they looked at me like, especially the little Asian Princeton girls. She's like, really? <laughs> like, they looked at me like I was the fuck-up. I was the guy from Syracuse, <laughs> you know? I was at the school that wasn't even on their radar, you know? You know, maybe it would have been a safety school for right, these guys, right. you know? So then they, uh, so then you do the test, and then they're like, all right, we grade the test, the two producers, and they're like, all right, we're going to start naming names. They name 10 names. The first one they name, me. And I remember the little Asian girl turned me like, (laughs) whoa, congratulations. (laughs) They never called any of their names. (laughs) I used to. That's what I enjoy. That's when trivia is fun for me.
0: I, I learned early on in law school that the whole thing was just a real mind fuck, right? And it was real cutthroat. Yeah. But those guys, I don't know, they had a mean spirited approach to cutthroat. Me, I can be cutthroat, but yep. I think I think I have a very practical way to do it. And one of the things that I, I used to take joy in was um, was what.
1: I'm That's sorry. okay. You're good. It yeah, you're some...
0: good. Um, All right. The
1: uh, one of the thing. Yeah, so...
0: I used to. I used to walk in on the day of a of an exam, without yeah. uh, without anything. I didn't have a backpack. I didn't have anything. And I'd sit down in front of the in front of somebody who I knew was particularly anal, and I'd say, "Hey, you have a uh, you got a pen I can borrow?" <laughs> <laughs> that would drive them crazy because of course they had 18 pens. You know, ha- yeah, have yeah, you ever of used a pen that's actually run out of ink? I never have.
1: I do because I uh, cuz I use one particular pen. I mean one particular style yeah, yeah. of pen. And I I mean but that's in my office job. So I always use it till it runs out of ink, but I always make sure to have a second one on hand. But you know, I never how it might have happened to me in an exam, but, but you I don't know, know,
0: you can just take a look at the ink and see how much ink is. Yeah, left you know, in it's in the be... reservoir, in the reserve. Yeah, yeah. pens don't malfunction. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Why you would need eighteen, I have no idea. But
1: oh yeah, I know. I used to bring
0: two. Right, right. You know. Yeah. So I'd sit down and I would say, "What? Uh, hey, do you got a pen I can borrow?" The other one was. Um, I, and I think they would start to play along after a while. So you know there's like the really total anal kid who 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 gets freaked out by that. And then there's the semi anal kid who kind of knows I'm joking. so they'll they'll yeah, want to yeah. play along eventually. So maybe the next exam, um, you know, they' they'd be like, hey, DeSantis, you know, a law school thing. Everybody's, you know by last name. Yeah, hey, DeSantis, yeah. you know we got uh, an exam today. And I'd be like, oh, really? What? <laughs> what? What? Which? Which class? And then, you know, the person not in on the joke would would just be appalled, you know, forget that I didn't have a <laughs> pen, but, you know, that I didn't know which class, you know, had the exam. Meanwhile, I got into the same law school you did, douchebag.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: Uh Those were the days Those were the days
1: You know there's certain people that just don't get jokes Um, And it's Reminded me of something That um, That I did today In the social media world Which which I just Friggin killed myself over It, It made me laugh so much Just on my own And I think it made other people laugh too so, uh, so, you know, a common thing, and I know you're not on Facebook, but there probably is, like, a Facebook group for Asbury Park goings-ons or something, you know, okay. like that, where it's, like, basically concerned citizens who want to keep up with what's going on there, their area, right. you know? Well, the part of town I grew up in is called Old Metairie, yep. Yep. you know? And uh, so they got a Facebook page called Old Metairie Happenings, and I and it's like one of those ones you have to be invited to join it. But a few years ago somebody invited me to join it. I don't know if it was my sister or yep. what, you know? So I so I joined it, but so I always get all these I always see like all these updates on there from people posting old metary happenings. You know, when you go on Facebook and it's always people who are scared of everything. And it's always ridiculous. It's always like there's a guy that parks in front of my house every day. And I put a note on his car, but he won't move. It's ridiculous. And, you know, people, I'm like, I'm looking. This was literally one last week. And then it's going on, all these people back and forth talking about what to do. And I'm thinking, asshole, he's on a public street. He can park in front of your house all he right. fucking wants. You know? <laughs> so. And it's always like, look out for... Uh, you know, there's shady-looking Hispanic guy running around town asking... Who who knocked on my door and asked me uh, if... If if I called to get my gutters cleaned or something like that. <laughs> you know, and all these people were like, Oh, no, he's probably a burglar. Oh, they're checking this. You know, all this shit gone back and forth. And there was a string of burglaries in the area recently, but it ended up being two white scumbags, right. you know? But... But, uh, so anyway you know today on the, i really gotta find because so the this one guy who um it, my mom and his mom were really good friends because they both had like my mom had six kids these people had eight kids you know so they all these kids we all know and one of them manages a bar on metairie road now and he had posted something and um you know, I was actually very thoughtful, you know, about the uh, status of uh, of old Metairie because everybody's always freaking out about the crime. Oh, no, the crime. And he posts this whole thing about, you know, how he had spoken to the old – the bar he works at used to be a – it's been a bar forever, but it was a different bar 50 years ago. And he spoke to the old owner years ago, and the guy was basically telling him about – a hurricane in the 40s and there were looters and uh, a couple of people were actually shot in Old Metairie and his point was you know crime's not any worse now than it was then it's not Mayberry you know there's always been shit gone down here quit acting like the area's getting overrun you know and because it's right. true so I so I got on there and I had to get in the comments and I was like that may be true and all but there's a guy who walks past my house every day around 8 45 a.m and walks past in the other direction around 5 15 <laughs> p.m every evening how can i make him how can i make him stop i've left him polite notes but he keeps passing by my house every morning and evening should i get the authorities involved he's really becoming a <laughs> nuisance because that's <laughs> and there were most of the people definitely got the jokes Loads of people were commenting on, people I don't even know. But this one woman in particular, she clearly didn't get the joke. You know, first, she's like, talk to him, ask. He may have a story you might like. I responded, no, he's scary. He probably wants to rob me and murder my family. And <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of people, including some people I know and other people that I don't know are just, like, responding to it. And then the same lady later on, after all these responses, that it's clear that it's a joke. She's like, why not report to police and request them on your block at this time? (laughs) (laughs) And I just didn't respond. I was like, this lady's a fucking moron. What is wrong with people? Like, the idea that she thinks somebody that passes your house that's probably going to and back from work.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yes. Let's call the fucking police on them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can you be outside my house at 8:45 a.m.? Well, that that goes
0: to show you the other side of that coin how how entitled people are these days, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the, this girl who went to uh grade school with me, who's actually an attorney like me, she 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 was responding. She's like, I can't stop by laughing, but laughing. But then she sends me a message later. And uh, and I'll tell you what I responded to in a message because this this is basically how I sum it up. Uh, you know, she was, she sent me a message. She's like, so some people are taking your post in and, and, uh and seriously, and I can't stop laughing. Half the people in there have their heads so far up their ass they can't see straight. Not sure how I even got on there. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, this lady's really killing me. The one who's who keeps. Who, who who told me to call right. the police? Okay. I was like, she's actually, she's exactly the type of person I'm lampooning, but she lacks any sort of self awareness to recognize it. She has to be one of the people that post in that group, complain about the people who legally park in public streets or jog at unusual hours. The absurdity of many of the posts on there leads me to believe there are a fair amount of people who need to get out of the house once in a while, get a life, and quit being scared of everything. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what it really comes down to. They get people, everything is a reason to call the police. Right. You know? It's like, oh no, this guy parks his truck in front of my that that one blew me away. I was like, man, these I don't even know why I'm on that. I don't live in old matter anymore. I and the reason I don't even get rid of it is because it entertains me so much. Right, there's a tr- the train wreck factor. Pettiness. Yeah. Yes, it's just like holy Fuck, it's like, this is the shit that people are complaining about. Right, You know? (laughs) And, you know, I'm sure there's one for your parents' town that if you looked at it would really blow you away because it probably has the same sort of shit. All these people who have comfortable lives, who have nothing to worry about. I know there's... Being posted by women who are kept women at home all day.
0: I know this. I know there is one from the town my mom grew up in, North Long Branch, because she'll the the conversation usually starts like this. Um, You know, I'm on uh, the North Long, the friends of North Long Branch Facebook page, right, Matt? And and I say, yes, I know, because that's how every conversation starts when there's a lead-in to the Friends of North Long Branch Facebook page. (laughs) And it says, well, Albert Valentino, you know, you know, Albert. These are actually all people who I've heard of before, right? And then, you know, and then she'll say, he went on one of his political rants talking about, you know, Donald Trump, blah, 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 And then I know it's coming and I wait and I wait and I hope it doesn't come. But without fail, it comes. There's a pregnant pause and a dramatic beat and then my mom says, "So I said."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'm like, "Nothing good comes of this." You know? Yeah. I'm like, "Just let it go." Let it oh, just God. let it go. But that's every town's got one every you know, I think that's yeah. what the internet's for, man, for people to bitch about things.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. That's like today when I heard that Prince died, you know, because I love how everything's politicized now. Everything is politicized. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, even, I'm not a fan of the president, you know, but I'm not a fan of the friggin' Congress either. I'm not a, I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat, right. you know, so, but, but I do love how everything's politicized. So I had, I I posted a status on Facebook just for my own amusement. said, you know, I was like, since 2009, Michael Jackson's died, Leslie Nielsen's died, half the Golden Girls, Patrick Swayze, uh, David Bowie, Prince, and numerous other celebrities. You know, I'm like, thanks, Obama. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, like, everything's politicized. I
0: had not heard about that, uh, the thanks, Obama meme uh until there's a obama doing a thanks obama meme
1: <laughs> like we have these clients you know and uh it's they live you know she it's the woman in particular she owns a bunch of oyster leases like 5000 acres worth of oyster leases
0: oh i so, think yeah i think i've actually I, we've actually talked about this, I think, offline. Yeah. This is actually pretty interesting. Yeah, we might yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, so you know, but now she has this. She has a Brahma bull farm in a town called a Meat, which is about an hour and a half away from New Orleans. And I've had to deliver about seven million dollars worth of settlement <laughs> checks to her. there, You know, because when some when you're making that much money over someone, you go to right. them. You know, and since I'm the low rung on the totem pole, I go to them. Right. You know, and it's always terrible because I got to sit there and listen to their political rantings and um, and then have conversation, me visit with them, you know, which I fucking hate because I just want to give them a check and get the fuck out of them. <laughs> but, but it's always no less than an hour. I got to sit there with them. Uh, luckily, I haven't had to do it in a while, but. You know, but I'd go there, you know, and of course, they'd always be bitching about the tax implications, which kills me. This money that you weren't getting anyway, but now you are, but now you're pissed because you have to pay taxes on it. I don't understand. Like, you get what I I'm saying? I don't understand
0: why people think I want to know about their political bent.
1: Yeah, but they would sit there complaining and. And not even just about those taxes, about everything else. And they, would just, and they would literally say, thanks to Obama. Right. <laughs> they would literally say that. The husband and her, multiple times. Thanks to Obama. And they were saying shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm clearly like, fuck that. That's the same crap that was going on before. It doesn't matter who the president is. They're always going to do that bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I agree with them about getting pissed off about some of the stuff get pissed off about it. but what I don't agree with them is blaming it solely on Obama because you can blame it on Bush and everybody else before right. him <laughs> uh, and that's one of the arguments I always get into with my dad yeah. my dad thinks me arguing with him means I endorse Obama I was like, no, my point isn't that I'm for Obama. My point is that you should be blaming Bush too, because it's all their, they all do the same right. shit. <laughs> so I just think it's funny how everything is. Thanks to Obama, everything's a everything is an issue now. You know, well,
0: I think I think people are starting to kind of take that that approach and look past look you know kind of look to the 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 past actions and exploits of presidents in particular apparently andrew jackson has pissed somebody off
1: are you talking about because he's losing his spot on the 20 dollar bill well you know what and i've the truth is if you look at andrew jackson he he hated currency yes he hated the idea of paper currency so he hated
0: central banks (laughs) you're absolutely
1: right yeah. <laughs> he would have been pissed to know that there was a bill with his face on it. Because it meant there's a bill. And, I mean,
0: I think that's great for Harry Tubman, but let's not forget the the real victim of this, Mike Drew.
1: Mike Drew, yes. <laughs> well, he's just going to be, they're relegating him. What I hear is, even though the design won't be introduced to 2020, it probably actually won't be online till 2026. But there's, but Andrew Jackson's going to be on the back of the bill though, still.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: They're going to put him on the back somewhere. Yeah. You know? But um, Oh yeah, the whole ridiculousness of everything, you know. I don't know. And it goes both ways, too, you know?
0: Yeah, I, even the Jackson thing is a, is a perfect example. Everybody has an opinion on whether or not Harriet Tubman should replace him on, you know, on the on the $20 bill. And we'll...
1: well, if you walked up to people and told them, do you think a gun-toting Republican should be put on the $20 bill? People would be like, fuck that. <laughs> but then you tell them, but Harriet Tubman's going to be on there. She was a gun-toting Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, like the other thing that kills me and like, so I asked to it up fun of it the other day. It doesn't really bother me because it doesn't affect my life that much. But the whole idea, like that, like if you own a private business that sells cakes and you don't want to sell a cake to a gay person, that it's going <laughs> to come down on you and you're going to get punished since when is getting a cake. Like, the equivalent of a public accommodation, like a train or a
0: hotel. I'm not a big Saturday Night Live fan. Like, I don't follow. I don't pay attention. It's not relevant. It's not even on my radar anymore. Yeah. But I did come across that sketch that you're talking about with... Um,
1: the goddess gay.
0: Yeah. And, whatever. and that was really funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But what? I, but I was like, obviously, they're lampooning that side of it. But, but that's what kills me, that whole idea. It's like, it's one thing... For rights to be had, but it's like, I don't know. We still have the right, the freedom of association, all that type of shit. You know, just like when you're at a bar, you can refuse service to whoever you want to refuse service to. Right. You know. I mean, that was what we always were taught, and it's, you know, no one's going to force you to serve anybody. You know, be like that guy's an asshole. I'm not letting him in. There's not going to be any civil rights for assholes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Nor should like, they be. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, when did getting a fucking cake or getting flowers become the equivalent of, of, of staying at a hotel overnight? You know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, stuff's so far out of whack nowadays. You know, just and it's just like how stupid. On the same token, how stupid all these fucking laws against transgender things are. Okay, so a guy or a, a I don't know, what do you call him? <laughs> a Caitlyn Jenner type, <laughs> I'll just say, because I don't know what the hell to say. <laughs> They're still going to go into the women's room, because wouldn't it be that much worse if you were done everything to look like a woman to go into a men's room? Because then the men would be like, what the fuck are you doing? You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, go where I mean, you associate woman, with. I don't even care. This reality, for for as long as people have been doing this, I'm sure uh, men who actually thought they were women and start living that role, and women who thought they were men start living that role, have been doing vice versa. Just because gone into the opposite bathrooms, just because that's the way you. you they're trying to cover themselves. They're not trying to stand out. It would cause more of an uproar someone dressed like a man went into a women's room. Then, then the person dressed like a man, but who was born biologically, a woman went into the men's right. room. It's so fucking stupid and it's not going to change anything because those people are still going to do it because they're trying not to draw attention to themselves. They just you want know? to take a piss. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, fuck it. It's just so fucking stupid, you know? That you're going to pa- waste time passing laws over that type of bullshit? It is, it's crazy. When, when shit's been going on that way forever, it's still going to go on that way. I guarantee you, no matter where you fucking go, if you're Mississippi or you're North Carolina, if you're transgender, you're still going to walk into the bathroom of the one you identify with because you don't stand out. And with the, what I think, like, that guy mike huckabee you know that ass <laughs> yes asshole, the former governor of arkansas it was like last year it might have been earlier when he was it must have been last year when he was in his nascent run for um the president and he was like oh the idea that they could do that if i was 13 years old i would have done that i would have been wanting to dress up like a girl just to go in the boys room go, go in the girls room it's like well Just because you're thinking about how perverted you could have been doesn't mean those people aren't. You could have done that anyway, right? I hear you. You I mean, he could have done that anyway if he wanted to. But it's like just because you have this perverted idea doesn't mean that that's why these people are doing it. And I'm sure if there's some fucking pervert who is so blatantly dressing up like the opposite sex to go in there and pray on other people, they'll be exposed. But, of course, most of the people that do that don't have to dress up like opposite sexes. They just go and well, pray they're on... They're going to pray on people anyway, right? It's, such a,
0: silly, it's a such a silly fear. Yes.
1: It's so fucking stupid, you know? It's like, I don't know. It's And, it's, and they have to know in their heart of hearts, those laws aren't going to change anything because the same scenario that I was talking about is going to continue to happen. It's just that they want to go out of their way to say... Fuck you. You can't tell us what to do. You know? I don't know. That's what it is. It's a real fuck you to the LGBTQ Yeah, it's all
0: just silliness. Like, I mean, at this point. Yeah,
1: but that's what it is. In the mortal words of it, just like that drive-in, poo-poo platter voice is a real fuck you that's to Kowloon. It. That's it? Yeah. That's what it is. It is a fuck you to those people because they have to know that law is not going to be effective. Right. You know? Right. I don't know. It's just it's just fucking ridiculous, man. I don't understand why everybody friggin is obsessed with everyone else's fucking sex life, you know? What happened
0: to I live mean, and Let Live, hell, right?
1: Yeah, sodomy was it you know, sodomy was illegal a lot of places and was perfectly considered cool to be illegal up until 13 years ago which is nuts you know like the Supreme Court overthrew that Texas sodomy law that was only in this century isn't that kind of crazy the idea that they could pass laws telling you what type of sex to have in your house between consenting adults
0: listen there is nothing going on in my bank account there is nothing going on in my bedroom but there's two places I don't want anybody telling me what to do My money and my private time.
1: That's... Well, and that's basically what I say about myself as a small-L libertarian. It's like, problem is, I want to keep all the Democrats out of my money, and I want to keep all the fucking conservatives out of my personal life. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's like, there's got to be a place for us, you know? But... I don't know. That's my rant of the night. I don't even know how we got here.
0: Neither do I, but uh, we are are long-winded and exhausted at this point, but we haven't talked about Pearl. Um, R.I.P.
1: Yeah, man. Dude, you know, I knew Pearl was great and all that, but obviously I don't really remember much about Pearl, being that I was a little kid at the time. You know, and I'm sure I watched a couple of those games, those big Monday games and stuff, like as a nine, eight or nine-year-old kid and those CBS Saturday morning games, which is the first place I ever heard of Syracuse, where you know, big Monday and the games they used to show on CBS on the weekends, you know? And, um, but, dude, the outpouring, you know, like it's, it's crazy, like I mean, obviously Prince trumps it, but the amount of friggin' press that the death of Pearl Washington was given. I mean it just I mean it's right. Did you see the Jim Beheim press conference? Yeah,
0: I did. Real touching. He was
1: like crying he was trying to yeah, get through real it. Touching. You know? Like and he has every right to be said Pearl is the reason Syracuse basketball is Syracuse basketball. Yeah. You know, like he is a giant, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, everybody, uh, did you watch that NBA and TNT? I did. I did. You? I
0: took the eight minutes. I was having a super stressful day and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Let me, let me take eight minutes for myself. And upon your recommendation, yeah. I, I, uh, I took a little watch and it was, uh, it was nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, because yesterday I just saw like the one minute or so of Kenny Smith talking out of that snippet. and Then this morning I saw it, I was like, oh, I was like, oh the eight minutes. Cause was, because when I saw it, I was like, well, Barkley and them didn't say anything, you know, but it, it was interesting. I mean, it, it, he was on the back of the Daily News today, you know. They had a good quote by Derek Coleman under it, you know. Uh, uh, Sports Illustrated Pete Thamel, uh retweeted, uh, a thing from the vault, the SI vault from a story Curry Kirkpatrick wrote about him in 1984, I think it was, you know, when he was a freshman. Like, it's... Like, like I knew he was great. I'm just blown away about it by obviously he was considered even greater than I even knew.
0: Well, you know? we've talked about it before. Like, one of our first episodes, we kind of talked about, like, how did we get into, you know, college basketball and, and Big East basketball. And the 85 uh, Villanova National Championship, Villanova-Georgetown, was kind of like the yeah. first – that's my first real concrete memory of, like, caring. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Pearl Washington was really what kind of introduced me – to Syracuse, introduced me to the Big East, introduced me to college basketball in general. I, I distinctively remember him, you know, kind of being a, a larger, the first real, like, larger than life figure, sports figure that I yeah. developed on my own. As a kid, I w- my dad was a Yankee fan. I became a Yankee fan. I remember Reggie Jackson, but, like, I found Pearl Washington on my own. Yeah, he right. was yours. And I, kn- I remember my brother Josh was also a huge Syracuse fan and he was y- obviously younger than I am and so he was able to like pro washington captured his imagination only as like a 7 year old uh, you know it's hard to do yeah. 7 year olds don't give a shit about anything you know and yep. so to me i always remember what an impact he had and 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 how dynamic he was but not until recently did I realize... Or, you know, last couple of days did I realize what an impact he had on, you know, just that that generation in general. You know, people, yeah, people yeah. who had experience with him. Like...
1: Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Like, all the stuff I saw out there, like yesterday, like Chris Rock, apparently, I mean, he... He infers that he went to high school with him, which I don't doubt because I know he's from Brooklyn. You know, mm. he, he reached he tweeted something about how terrible the loss it was. I retweeted it on our Twitter page. If you want to check that out, uh, you know, Magic Johnson friggin was saying the best ball handler ever, like the amount of respect, like from all over. The vice president mentioning how sad he was because his number hangs in the rafters at his alma right. mater. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it, it it it's blown me away. You know.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Although you know what I
0: was surprised is I wanted to see where he stacked up because obviously uh, he didn't have a, a great pro career and and he was really built more for you know, for, for playgrounds and, and, and college hoops than he was for the, for the pros, especially back then. I, maybe now he would have been, you know, a little... He, maybe he was ahead of his well, time. Well, I mean,
1: everything I read was saying, basically... One thing I read actually blamed part of it on being on crappy teams, which might have been part of the problem because he was on the Nets. You know, You know how terrible the Nets were, and then he was sent to the Heat, which were an expansion right. team. But the other issue seemed that they would point out in a lot of these obituaries and whatnot I was reading was, you know, he didn't have a great shot to begin with. He was kind of small, but he was he was slow, too. His game was more suited for, like, the college right. style. Right. You know, like, and not for, like, the speed of the NBA. Which, which
0: happens. There are tons of great collegiate basketball players who don't translate to the nba so i yeah. i just wanted to see like what's the general consensus on
1: wall street journal had an article yesterday i read about him and it had a um, it had a like a chart basically charting out the greatest guards in new york city history you know, and had him. You know, and where they were all drafted in NBA, and obviously they had him listed as part of it. I mean, I don't know if that provides you what you want because it's not going to give you the
0: statistical. No, no, no. I'm. I was even looking for a subjective list. You know, like, you know, all time. I googled all time greatest college players, and Grantland had. Uh...
1: He wasn't even. He was a third team All American at best. His senior year, the only year he was, he was a second teamer uh his junior his sophomore year
0: so there you go man that just goes to show you what like a dynamic presence he was where statistically he doesn't rank even even among his contemporaries he didn't rank as an all-time great but yet he's still the the figurehead of the entire Syracuse basketball program he's one of the you know, marquee players in the Big East and beloved.
1: Well, here's another thing to think uh, about. Before he came there, you know, they had moved into the Dome three years before he got there, you know, or, and they averaged like 20,000 a game, you know? And then when he came there first year, he was there, it was 24,000. And by his third year there, they were averaging 26,000 something a game. You know, and then and then the year 87, the next year when he was gone, when Syracuse went to the final four that year and almost won the national championship, attendance dropped by like a couple of thousand. That's how big he was. People were coming to see him. He was responsible for I think they had three 30,000 games before he had gotten there. And then while he was there 12 times, I think they had more than 30,000 people come to games. At the dome. That's that's freaking crazy.
0: Yeah, really is.
1: Yeah, I just texted. Yeah, yeah, that's but... good. I'll I'll take a look at that. Yeah, look like it because it's kind of cool because they got a little chart of who they consider the best guards in New York City history, which is kind of interesting. But uh I do want to find that one that that cover. I will find it. I just gotta. I'm just gonna look real quick. I can find it real quick, and I'll send it to you too. Cause it's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. So I was I
0: was surprised because in my mind, in my mind, he's, you know.
1: Yeah, you knew he was great, but you never knew that everybody else knew he right. was that great. All right. Right. I mean, cause cause I mean, it's like I knew his legend because I'm a Syracuse guy, but had I not gone to Syracuse, I might not. You know, if I'd gone to school down here or something, you know, I would have known, oh, he was a really great player, but I might have been really surprised. Like, why is this guy getting so right. much press? You know? But you go there and you, I mean, I knew who he was, but you go there and you're really, it's really hammered into you when you're a Syracuse fan about how awesome he was, you know? So, I don't know, it really sucks they died. I mean... Boeheim said you know he knew it was going to happen still doesn't make it any easier yeah exactly yeah you know? and what sucks is that was that was 1995 when he first got the cancer
0: yeah no I remember you know? that I remember uh, when he had the surgery yeah. the first time
1: yep so he's been fighting this shit for 20 years man
0: yeah it's too bad man, ahead, man. It is too bad,
1: yeah, yeah I mean i mean, he was a it just sucks, it's like I don't know it's like, you know it's uh I don't know. I just wish you could go back in time and and watch that like it was you know as if it was all fresh and yeah you know?
0: There, there's a couple things like I remember when uh I remember when uh, John Candy died. We were in uh, we were yeah. we were in college, or at least I was a freshman or sophomore, and uh, it had a huge impact on Laughlin. Like he was really like like shaken up because I think it was yeah. like the first person that he identified with, or, or, or he that was part of his youth that he identified with that had died you know yeah and then i remember when uh we were recording podcasts uh at the time when robin williams died you know and yeah. and you had you know kind of said a couple things about it while we were you know just kind of chatting about it and you know probably, i probably pearl washington's not that guy for me but but it's close you know, it's kind of like, well, yeah. I remember this time at a point in my life. It kind of takes me back to a point that, you know, that I really enjoyed and and kind of, you know, as evidence of mortality.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, I, and that's the same way I feel like when I, mean, not there to die, but like as much as I can stand Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning retired, it's like, well, that's my mortality right there. Yeah. You know, he's my age. He's saying he's riding off in the sunset. That means basically that means my youth is officially over. Right? When people my age are officially too old to be playing boys' games anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean that's what it is. Right. You know, it's like as long as a forty year old dude was in the league and playing or thirty nine year old dude was in the league and playing a meant well, I'm not totally over the hill yet. But it's like, oh, well there it is. You know? But like I mean, I felt that way when, like with Robin Williams, I felt that way when friggin' when I was in college and Farley died. You know? And then I felt that way a while back when Gary Shanlin died because when I was a kid I used to watch the Gary Shanlin yeah. show. You know, and I always get sad when, like, a good comedian dies. But, uh, but like we talked about with Robin Williams, you know? The, you know the re- It's all the same reasoning, right. you know? I mean, it's the rare genius, and then also, you know... Uh, the Robin Williams thing's even worse, because he just... He didn't have to right. die, you know? Whereas, I mean, Chris Farley didn't have to die, but Gary Shandlin just yeah. died. Yeah. You know? Just like Prince, basically, just yeah, died. Yeah, the Prince
0: thing was... You know? um, was I did a double take. I was doing some work. I had a... Yeah. What a shitty day, you know? I was... Just out and about, and I said, you know what? Let me take five minutes. I'm going to get a cup of coffee, and we're going to do a little work in Dunkin' Donuts. And um, I was walking into the bathroom, and the TV, I was set to, like, CNN or something, tuned to
1: CNN. And uh, I took a double take, and I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. I mean, they don't know exactly why he died yet, but last Friday, his plane had to make an emergency landing in Illinois, when he was coming back, I think from Georgia right, or something, right? Right. Be, because he cause he was suffering from the flu so bad, that he was hospitalized. And it, but he but he played a show a couple of nights ago. You know, up in Minneapolis. That's what I heard. You know, and then but today, what's crazy is it was when I heard about it, it was so, like the breaking news. A buddy of mine chats me at work. Man, Prince died. and I was like, what? And I googled it, and it was like the stories that come up, or first stories come up, person found dead at Princess Paisley Park Estate, or whatever yeah. it was, you know? And then, but the right below it was the sub-stories, like Prince did, you know? But that's, I mean, it was, because at first I'm like, well, you see that, it's like, wait, is this for real? You know? Like, because cause they had hoaxes, or not even hoaxes, where false reports of people dying. Not exactly hoaxes, but just you know, and when it says person dead, and it's like, oh, it's been confirmed that the person dead is Prince, and it's like, holy yeah, fuck, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was like when Philip Seymour Hoffman died; it was the same
0: sort yeah, of thing. Yes, exactly.
1: You know, I wasn't sure at first whether it was true or not. Did he really die? You know, there was. I remember there was an issue over that, and that was the same sort of thing that happened here. Jeez, because it's like it's unexpected, you know. It's it's insane, man. But that's two friggin' two prominent people in two days. I mean, one more prominent to a smaller community, but still, you know, both prominent with with both
0: of us. Totally. Um, So, real bummer. Real bummer.
1: Yeah, I mean. The good thing was I stopped myself from putting up a When doves, doves Cry thing today. I was going to post that on Twitter or whatever, but this is what it sounds like when Doves Cry. I was like, no, nah, that's stupid. And I'm so glad I did refrain from that because I saw it posted like 20 <laughs> other times. <laughs> <laughs> a variation of that. I was like, right. good. I'm Cause that's why I was, I was like, no, fuck that. People are gonna be doing right, that. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh God. well.
0: Oh well. Um, I think that's a that's a good note to get out on. But you got anything else?
1: Uh, well, just real quickly, we had a quick, I had a quick three to four hour hangout session with Eric Burgund on Saturday. So oh yeah, was what fun. was he in town for? A bachelor party. You nice. know, and I told him straight up I wasn't going to go do bachelor party stuff. But uh, but he got in touch with me on Saturday. But he just wanted to hang out down the quarter. But I didn't care. I was like, I'll get down there. And his flight was leaving the next morning, like at 7 a.m., yeah. you know? They were like, stay out, stay out. Him and uh, there was another uh, sandwich guy there, Ryan McCarthy, who was like, no, you're staying out with us all night. Well, by 7 o'clock, they were putting him in bed for good, you know? And I was like, good, that guy's not going to be here to harass me. I was like, I really got to get home and feed my dog. I was like, if my dog wasn't at home, I'd say, fuck it. But he is. So I'm going home. I'm not going to leave my dog sitting there hungry all night, right, you know? Right, right. So, uh, plus, I wasn't ready for the bachelor party hijinks. I don't know how late they stayed out, but I texted him next morning. Or next afternoon, because it was like, how was that? That flight must have been miserable, you know, because, you know, they were on the road. He was on the road to, to get him boozed up again. And I don't know, that's aggressive to be doing a bachelor party and hopping on a flight at seven on Sunday yeah. morning.
0: But yeah. Berganza, that's a good, uh, that's a good hangout. Berganza's a
1: good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I had a he great came time. up
0: for the first time. He was a high school kid. We were freshmen, and, and uh, BP came up to visit Mike, and um, and Bergun came with him. And I don't remember yeah. how the story went, but um, I and maybe he won't even remember. I, I, he probably does because you tend to remember these types of stories. As last, they make lasting impressions, especially when you're a younger high school kid coming up to visit college, right? How many times did he do that? Probably yep. once, twice in his life. But yeah. he either had a fake ID whose name was Bruce, or <laughs> or we got him an ID. Well, he must have had it because we didn't know anybody named Bruce. So he yeah. had a fake ID named Bruce. Bruce. So. We referred to him as Bruce all weekend, but it must not have been a it. It must not have been his like fake ID because he wouldn't. He couldn't remember that his name was Bruce. You know, if you got yeah, a fake yeah,
1: ID, plus you're a high school kid yeah, too. You know, but if
0: you have a fake ID, you remember all the details of that. Of that. No, ID. I know. I know. Um, so forever, I'd call him Bruce, and he'd he got the, he got a kick out of that. So. Um, Bruce, nice. Yeah, he's out in Colorado or something, right?
1: Yeah, he's in Vail. I'm not sure exactly what he does for work, but I know he's an extreme yeah. athlete. Yeah, I, I think that. he does
0: like some type of real estate type of
1: thing. Yeah, something like that, I'm sure. So. But, uh, but he's, he's a handsome Yeah, he guy. is a handsome devil. <laughs> <laughs> he is a handsome devil. But no, he's a really good guy, and I wish I would have had a lot more time to hang out with him. But I I just did, and he's like, he's like, oh sorry, we'll get in touch with you yesterday. I was like, yeah, whatever, man, it's cool. I mean, originally, even when we first talked, the whole idea was, well, I'll I'll go get a beer with you. I wasn't, I gone for me going to the quarter was enough of a concession because I I told him, well, yeah, let's get out of the quarter. We'll go somewhere else. You know, we talked on the phone the day before. You know, as but you, you know, know how it is. People get down there, and it's like a you know the tourists, the rowdy, drunken guys. It's like a whirlpool. They're stuck totally. in. You know? So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll come down there and hang out with you guys." But I was like, first, we gotta. G- we just can't do the Bourbon Street thing right away." So we went to like a little bar, literally a half block off of Bourbon Street. You know, because I prefer those places more than the Bourbon Street right. scene. You know, eventually we did end up in Razoo which was one of the places we were hanging yeah. out with uh with the, the it, blue whore it, or whatever yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, all right, I got to go. I was like I just you know, I was like I want to make sure I can get behind the wheel of my car and drive home and not have to worry about fucking being inebriated and stuff, you know. So But um so you know, it was quite a whirlwind of Boston and sandwichness for the past from April 7th through April 14th. Yeah, basically. a lot of chowder. A lot of chowder. Yeah, for April 16th, yeah. Yep, lots of chowder. But that's all, all I right, got, man. man.
0: All right, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we got this one in the books. It's been a while. I needed a need a little recovery after uh after Boston yeah. and
1: I'm yeah, me too. I wasn't ready to go last week. I had a feeling you weren't dying to go either, so that was that was fine with me. You know, but I knew we had to go soon while everything was still fresh. And I could probably talk about another friggin' 20 minutes of stuff, like going to the Sox game on Monday and all that. But but I really don't feel like recording anymore. Yeah, right we've now. been going an hour
0: and 45 minutes. That's, uh, that's yeah, solid. That's, we haven't been that long in a no. long time. But... Um, Gonna be tricky next couple weeks. Um, stay on top of me to to get uh, our next episode in the books because I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be exhausted. We're uh, starting walk season. Canvas in the town. Well, the actual walks start next weekend. Oh, and, and you actually got to walk. And uh, in a well, I gotta be there at them. I don't necessarily oh. have to walk the walk, but I'd have to. T- I do have to talk. You talk the I talk do, talk, do have though. to talk the talk. Um, nice. So I've got one.
1: More importantly, you got to wake up way early in the um, morning. So
0: it's like, it starts Thursday, it ends Monday. That's on top of working. The
1: Wait, they do the walks doing... So Thursday day?
0: is the setup.
1: Uh, Friday
0: I- are logistics. Um, Saturday is the pre-event setup. Sunday is the event. Monday is the breakdown. Huh. Then I've got to work monday tuesday wednesday and then start it up so i got walks on the 1st 7th 14th i take a break oh no it's 1st 7th 14th 22nd june 5th so i get a weekend off between the 22nd and the june 5th
1: damn that's intense it is
0: intense it's intensity in 10 cities or five cities yeah, five cities. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be rough next couple of weeks. But the good news is, um, is that I'm burning through my my contractual hours. So they they gotta find oh, okay. me out uh, once I hit a dozen. So that's how my deal works. Is I've got a thousand hours over the course of x number of weeks, and once I hit my hours, they they owe me overage so they got to buy me they've got to buy that overage back so if i have yeah. 5 weeks you know if, if if i've completed my assignment or if completed my hours 5 weeks before the assignment's over they owe me 5 weeks worth of pay so technically i could sit huh. back and you know kick up my heels and get paid for doing nothing for 5 weeks because i was working overtime essentially on the front end yeah but um they just buy it out, they give me a check, and then I start a whole new deal over again.
1: Huh. Well you should kick your heel. I know.
0: I'm gonna have eight weeks of uh of overage in this deal. <laughs> it's a forty week it's Damn. a forty week deal. Damn, that's it really crazy. Is. So that means I've been I've been busting my ass over the last, you know over the last six weeks or so. I put in yeah. double double time and a half. So, um, But I can use the money, so I'm not complaining.
1: Yeah, I hear you, man. Times are tight, right? Times are tight,
0: brother. Alright, man. Well, then on that note, with apologies to Kirk's brother, we'll see you guys next
1: week. Yeah. Good night, Fredo. Uh, Buenas noches.